Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tea with HB is for everyone who dreams of a better world. Together, let's brew a new reality. Simplicity. Easily understood or done. Simplicity is everywhere and nowhere, hiding in plain sight. As with so many buzzwords, they lose their meaning over time. On the 14th of May, I took a social media break, not for the first time. I was exhausted. Instagram has problems, we all know it. Whether it's that bad feeling from watching the highlight reels of other people's lives, comparing ourselves to an airbrushed model or a seemingly functional family, the addictive scrolling, or, in my case, the ableist algorithm. Its algorithm reflects society, imperfect. If you've been on my Instagram or know me, you might be aware that ableism is the discrimination against disabled people. An algorithm is a set of rules that dictate how something works. In Instagram's case, their algorithm runs on engagement, how many people interact with your photos, and it doesn't show information in a chronological order. How can an algorithm be ableist? Well, in order to increase your engagement and grow followers, the algorithm encourages you to use this app every day. Something I, as somebody with limited hand function and chronic fatigue and general pain, find exhausting to say the least. By making an algorithm that rewards daily use, disabled people and businesses are put at a disadvantage when a flare-up causes them to be inactive. Just like society, it is designed to benefit some and punish others. So, I left. I thought, hey, this isn't the right platform for me to create meaningful change alongside a caring community. It's an echo chamber where everyone is shouting their opinion and the change spoken about never seeps into the real world. On the 3rd of July, I came back. I came back to see thousands of petitions, teenagers organising protests, people speaking up for a cause that matters, and yes, change happening in the real world. Murderers being arrested. Movement. Infographics, which are slideshows with information alongside illustrations covering anything from performative allyship to how to talk to that racist family member, were circulating faster and faster. People seemed to care. So, I was proved wrong, as I hoped I would be. Social media is not only for cyclical trendsetting, it can be used to disseminate knowledge. But what did I learn in my time away? That taking a break is not as simple as limiting screen time. The simple things, the simple supposed solutions we put in place to combat our problems, may well be simple in the sense that they could solve the problem, but implementing those solutions 
The self-discipline, willpower and kindness it takes to form those new habits, let alone stick to them, that's not simple. My problem was exhaustion from worrying about how to make a positive impact on the world, and though a part of the solution was removing myself from the digital sphere, it wasn't as simple as that, because I didn't stop thinking about how to make that change. Going through the motion of deleting some apps to free up space in my phone and brain is not the same as actually freeing up space. Because in that time, I didn't stop writing and recording my podcast, even though I stopped publishing episodes. I didn't stop planning my writing for my website. I wasn't really taking a break. I didn't know how. The simple pleasures I had relied on when I was younger to escape my pain and give myself a rest had been stripped away. I could no longer read and place myself in a different world. I couldn't go for a walk, admire the trees and talk to a squirrel like I did when I had more mobility in my legs. Due to lockdown, I couldn't even go and hug my best friend and talk things out with them. What then? What can you do when your simple pleasures and solutions are taken away? And that got me thinking. Nothing is simple. Not really. What does simple even mean? What happens when things that were simple become complex? Eating, for instance. Simple for some, but not for those with allergies. And when you actually think about where your food comes from, the industry, the effort it takes for your brain to take a spoon to your mouth, that's not simple at all. Simple pleasures could include watching TV or listening to music, but what if you find it impossible to concentrate? What if the sound and colours and lights overstimulate your senses to the extent that you're in pain? The simple truth is, nothing is simple. Simple habits are complicated to put in place. The problems we face daily or once in a lifetime, personally or globally, they take individual daily practice to cope with or solve. In a society where we have been desensitised to others' struggles, primarily through a competitive one-size-fits-all self-centred school system, realising empathy, respect and kindness is more of a practice than a guarantee. Anti-racism, intersectional feminism, respect, these things are work we need to do every day within ourselves to achieve results. Dismantling the way we were taught to think, to behave, takes daily practice, which is incredibly complex. This all felt pretty overwhelming. So how to find my way back? How to find comfort in the chaos? The answer was complicated and yet so simple. I found it when I managed to stumble outside on one of my better days. I looked up. I saw these beautiful leaves of a tree in my garden, bunches of them overlapping and creating wonderful shadows in the morning light due to their semi-transparency. And it occurred to me in that moment, like when Neo realises there's no spoon in the Matrix. There is no time. Time is a concept. I had been so worried of running out of something that doesn't even exist. In that moment, me and the tree, breathing together, there was no stress because there was no future. I was in a moment something that I'm not sure I had ever been able to experience before. That idea of just being, in the present, started to make sense. After all, the only thing that truly exists is right now. I've been trying to replicate it ever since. Every time I feel myself getting swept away by my self-imposed deadlines, I stop and rearrange. I started saying no when I felt unwell. To the healthy version of myself, cancelling on a friend last minute when we had arranged a call is completely unpalatable, And yet I knew if I didn't start putting my body first, nobody else would, and I would be forming habits that would be even harder to break later on. I started using positive affirmations with little to no hope of their success, and something amazing happened. 
it wasn't that suddenly the thoughts I had were only loving and only positive. It was that when a negative thought did pop up, I had something to combat it with. A toolkit embedded somewhere in the back of my brain. An automatic response of, no, I am capable. I am trying my best. I do deserve happiness. Or whatever it might be. My negative self-speak hasn't entirely disappeared, but it is now more easily replaced. I think this concept can be applied to many aspects of life. Rather than removal, try reform. You might not be able to quit your job, but you can change how you see it. For instance, saying, I get to go to work today, rather than, oh, I have to go to work, even if only in your head, is a great start. Like social media, a detox is powerful because it gives you a chance to reassess, discover what really matters outside an online world that is an even more warped version of reality. Although a detox might be the simple solution, the willpower it takes to go through with it is complex. I didn't find myself deleting social media after taking a break. I actually started to enjoy it more. I muted and unfollowed any accounts that weren't sparking me joy, rather unmercilessly, and I started to use it for what it is, a tool. I have now curated a space where I go to learn from reliable sources, appreciate good art and discover new recipes, all from a diverse range of people I would never be able to interact with otherwise. I no longer engage with anyone who I don't get a good feeling about. So even if you can't take a break from it, reevaluating how you use it is another good start. When your time is being organised by somebody else, it is especially difficult to feel you can live in the moment. But it is never impossible. The decision to evaluate your mindset is the first step. Changing how you see social media from a time waster to a life enricher. Changing resentment to gratitude. Taking a deep breath before you react in a conversation or situation. Or just starting to think more about it. Simple solutions are completely and utterly complicated. So if you want a break, it really is simple. Hiding in plain sight. Take a deep breath. Be in this moment. Here's a preview of my next episode, Accessibility, with inclusive design consultant Cassie Herschel-Shawland. Who is interpreting the science of medicine? Whose view is it? Yes. Who is is deciding on what the norm is? Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on iTunes and find me on Patreon, Instagram and YouTube at Tea with HB. Are you still here? Wow, that is so nice. You know, you seem like the kind of person who would love to sign up for my newsletter on www.teawithhb.com. I found it when I managed to stumble outside on what of my... Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.